Ash Wednesday by T.S. Eliot. Um, the significance of this name of this poem is Ash Wednesday is um, a spiritual day and it's like the day of repentance um, where you recognize your sinfulness and you know you spend the next few weeks praying. Um, a lot of people give up something and just fasting and just discipline in your faith. Because I do not hope to turn again, because I do not hope, because I do not hope to turn. Here in the first three lines of this poem, we see that this person has been converted to a Christian. Following their conversion, they're fighting the urge to turn back to their evil ways. They are fighting the desire to go back to the ways of the world. For example, um, when someone is just, say, for example, cursing quite a lot and they make a conversion to Christianity, they're going to fight the urge to continue to curse. Desiring this man's gift and that man's scope. This whole line is talking about jealousy and how... In today's society, people are always jealous. You see the poor people jealous of how rich people are. Or, you know, you even hear about famous people being jealous of smaller, smaller artists because they don't have all the paparazzi and all that. And jealousy is factored into every people's lives, no matter what social status you are, what race you are, what gender you are, no matter what you will become jealous because it's the way of a human. And it's saying in this thing, design this man's gift and that man's scope. You know, you're going to desire something of another person's. You're going to want that. But you have to fight against the temptations. You have to stay with God and he'll help you overcome that. Um, in this next line, I no longer strive to strive towards such things. This is a powerful line, you know, because it's talking about how he has developed the strength to fight off these temptations, to fight off the temptations of jealousy, to fight off the temptations of following into other people's lives and what they are doing. You know, fighting against the temptations of drugs, fighting against the temptations of alcohol. He is fighting these temptations and he is striving towards other things. He's striving towards his relationship with God. He's striving to convert people to Jesus. He's not striving to disappoint God. And it's very powerful, you know. I think a lot of people need to realize this, this these days, that people are able to have the strength to fight these temptations, to fight the temptations of drug and alcohol and cussing and all this, if they just trust God. Para. Why should the aged eagle stretch its wings, Theses? Why should the aged eagle stretch its wings? You know, it's a, it's a good question. And we really have to dive deep into the line to really realize it. Um, actually, Eliot was um, referring to a verse in the Bible. Um, it's Psalms 103. And it talks about who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy young is renewed like the eagle. 
And so it's talking about through God, you can be satisfied and you can feel like this new, strong eagle that even no matter how old you are or how broken you might feel, that through God, you can be like this new eagle that's flapping its wings. You can spread your wings like a peacock, beautiful, with all the colors. You can be majestic. You can be whatever you want to be through Christ. You can be brand new, brand new. Just like how a lot of people say, the blood of Christ clean the sheep, you know? white sheep you can be that white sheep you can be that young prospering eagle through christ why should i mourn this line is referring to the ways of the world why should i fall into their evil ways why should i mourn over their evil ways when i've got the love of christ the love of Christ is enough to save anyone, even the worst sinner. So, therefore, I have no reason to mourn over sin or the power that sin has, because my faith in Jesus Christ saves me from that sin. The vanished power of the usual reign. So this this line is talking about the the influence that God has and the fact that humans are only mortal while God's power is everlasting and and is stronger than anything that we have. Jesus Christ knows everything before it even happens. His power is supreme above all and above all knowledge that we have or think that we have you know what that reminds me of that verse james 4 14 isn't that the verse where it was talking about we would not know we do not know what tomorrow will be like because it is like the morning fog yeah like so it's kind of like you know how you're just talking about like how jesus knows everything and like how we need to trust in him because he knows everything even though because our our vision is like the morning fog fog you don't know what's going to be ahead of you and how could we not trust such a knowing and knowledgeable god and being of such power because i because i do not hope to know again the infirm glory of the positive hour because i do not think because i know i shall not know the one veritable transitory power so in this, these five lines, we, we see how we must not desire to know too much ahead because God knows it all. And so we must trust that God knows everything. We must trust in that power that is there because we cannot see it ourselves. Because I cannot drink there where trees flower and springs flow for there is nothing again this line really stuck out to me and like how in the bible you hear about jesus talking to the woman who was at the well and jesus says drink from my water and you will never thirst again 
it's it's kind of ironic because this line is talking about how springs flow and trees flower and how Elliot trusted in God and he's a new person he's flowering he's becoming this powerful figure where he is shining the light of Christ and it really shows that you really can drink this water and flourish forever and it really sticks out with springs flow and for there's nothing again because it reminds me of quote no man ever steps in the same river twice no man is he might make the same mistake but over time he's never going to be the same man over time because he is still growing he is constantly growing in christ his spring is constantly flowing that Elliot will never be the same man again. He might sin, but he's not going to be the same person because he is still growing in Christ and he's still strengthening his foundation. Because I know that time is always time and place is always and only place. And what is actual is actual only for one time and only for one place. In these four lines, Eliot shows us that it is a continual process. Becoming a Christian and growing with in, in our relationship with Christ is something that is never the same. As we grow, it changes, just like a regular friendship that you would have with a friend. Over time, you're going to stack up problems and good times and they never go away they're always there but you continue to build on them as time goes on which is why he says that a place is always an only place and what is actual is actual only for one time and so he shows us here in saying one time that each time is slightly different. I rejoice that things are as they are, and I renounce the blessed face and renounce the voice, because I cannot hope to turn again. Consequently, I rejoice, having to construct something upon which to rejoice. In this, he says he rejoices that things as they are. Which means he's rejoicing that he's having them, these temptations. He's rejoicing that he has is having these challenges. Which really sticks out. He is so strong in his faith that he is glad God is trying. Giving him trials. You know, uh, as a kid, I growing up, my Sunday school teacher always told me that trials are going to happen. That God's going to give you trials, but it's not what these trials are it's what you do with these trials are you going to take these trials and help them build your faith or are you going to let them drag you down he's saying because i cannot hope to turn again
Elliot does not want to turn back to these temptations, but he rejoices that he has them. He's glad he's getting these temptations, but he's going to fall in. No, his foundation is too strong. He is too strong, and he rejoices for that. He's rejoiced he's constructed this huge foundation with God. He rejoices that he has a strong relation with Christ. He rejoices it, and he rejoices these temptations, and he knows he will not fall into these temptations, and he rejoices and i pray to god to have mercy upon us and i pray that i may forget these matters that with myself i too much discuss too much explain because i do not hope to turn again let these words answer for what is done not to be done again may the judgment not be too heavy upon us here Elliot is asking God to have mercy on us for the past sins that we have committed. He is asking that God will help us to forget the sins that he has already committed. These sins that are too much to speak of, as he says, he also states that he does not want us to turn back to these sins, which is why he would like to forget them. Elliot is, is asking God to not make the judgment too heavy upon us in this last line. For what is done not be done again. What he's saying is that for what for the sins that he has committed he prays not to do them again but to turn away from these sins because these wings are no longer wings to fly but merely vans to beat the air the air which is now thoroughly small and dry smaller and dry than the will teach us to care and not to care teach us to sit still these lines stick out to me and I, I the first two lines i think it is talking about how i think it's talking about satan in hell you know and how his wings he no longer flies because he used to be an angel but he's no longer he is the devil and he uses his wings just to wave the flames blow on the flames so they get hotter just like we do in a fire we blow on the flames when it's about to go out to shoot the fire back up and keep it going it's like he's doing that he's just fanning the fire to keep the flames going and to keep hell horrible and then the next two lines is really describing the atmosphere of hell you know and how the air is small and dry and you know when you when you get into these environments in real life with the air is dry you just the humidity you know you it's hot it's it's not fun to be in and that's what it's talking about it he's not glad he doesn't want to be in this area he doesn't want to be in this dry area and and small hot humid it's torture to teach us to care and not to care it's talking about he wants us to care about the things that we need to care about. Carry about our relationship with Christ. Carry about our friendships. But not to care about anxiety, stress. 
not to care about the things that are going to bring us down or separate us from Christ. Teach us to sit still. I think this is talking about is teach us to sit still and be able to sit and have our time with Christ. To be able to sit and have your quiet time with Christ. Be able to sit and pray with Christ and to have your time with Him and not let these other distractions come in between you and Him. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. This is talking about how you have to pray and just pray for the people who don't know Christ. Pray for the people that know Christ and pray for their sins to be forgiven because you don't know when the world's going to end. You don't know when Christ, when Christ is going to come back. By the way, these two lines are from Hail Mary, one of the best well-known Catholic prayers. If you did not know this, please look it up. This podcast is presented by Jacob McMillan and Shane Moore.